GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am Hovercraft Joe, and I am joined, as pretty much always, by LPJ. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me. It's LPJ. It's just you and I today, right? Well, you and I, but we also have two special guests, two returning guests, dare I say it, at least in their minds, two fan favorites of the podcast. We have Corndog. Hey guys, thanks for having me back. And you think I'm going to say Jeff, but I'm not going to say Jeff. I'm going to say Dave, making a second appearance on the podcast. Ooh, I just thought because you know, we were thinking about maybe trying to find a name for me. Maybe my name should just be better than Jeff. <laughs> uh, that would be hilarious but maybe uh, too much to say um so thanks guys for being here we are here today to talk about the one jet lee's the one oh not now, keanu reeves <laughs> so oh um, i watched the wrong movie <laughs> before we like talk about our personal experience with this. I just want to say, like, the reason this came to be is that, like, me and, and Corndog and Dave, we all work together. And, like, one day in the lunchroom, I don't know how, but this movie came up, and, like, they had both seen it and were very passionate about it and were, like, explaining the whole thing to me. And I, like, kind of remembered the trailers when this movie came out, but I had never seen it. So, they, they like, I think Dave has walked me through the entire plot from start to finish twice before I actually watched the movie. Um, but then like kind of when we were recording, you know, when he started doing this kind of from home recording, I was like, Hey, do you guys both want to be on at the same time and talk about the one? And I floated it by you and you were on board. So, um, but with that kind of out of the way, Dave, what, what's your first experience with the one? Okay. So this is one of the surprisingly multiple hungover on vacation movies. I went to the movie <laughs> Like I was visiting visiting my buddy um, at Western Michigan University, and like I believe this was the same trip where we had like a huge liquor list because we were all underage, and someone <laughs> bought like we had a hookup and like we like here's buy this for us, and they just showed up with two bottles of hundred proof hot damn <laughs> and like a four pack of Guinness, and then so we just got trashed. But the problem is we drank the hot damn. The only thing it mixes with, well, is apple cider. And after about the third glass, we're like, oh, no, we're drinking glass after glass of apple cider. <laughs> so the next day, like, you know, like, oh, feeling terrible. But it's like, hey, the new Jet Li movie came out. And, like, this was, like, right when he was, like, like, Romeo Must Die had come out. And I think, like, maybe. Kiss um, of the Dragon. Kiss of the Dragon. Kiss of the Dragon yeah. came out the same year too. Yeah, Kiss of the Dragon. I think I, I think this might have been first. Kiss just I mean you know not to give everything away, but Kiss of the Dragon's much better. But, <laughs> yeah. but I feel like this one is a lot more fun to talk about. But yeah, Kiss Kiss of the Dragon's sweet. But yeah, so I saw that and like this was like really when he was hitting his stride. He had been the bad guy in Lethal Weapon Four, so it's like at this time Jet Li was the man. Like 
they had released, I think it was it's called Black Mask. That was like one of his, yeah. um, you know, Hong Kong movies. And like, but he was really, it's like, this is the new guy. You know, he's like, because um, he's like Jackie Chan, but a serious Jackie Chan. You know, like not funny, you know. Right. Uh, Corndog, your experience with this movie? Well, uh, this one I, re- I recall having, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, I know I'm not going back quite as far as you here, uh, Hovercraft. Uh, <laughs> or I remember having this movie on VHS when it came out. And, oh. I, I would have been about 13 or 14 years old watching this. And I remember, like, at the time being really into it. And, you know, as, you know, hadn't seen, I haven't actually, prior to us screening it for this, have not seen it in years and years. So it was kind of looking through a different lens this time. Like, <laughs> I know Dave mentioned and this was kind of in the Jet Li stride of the early 2000s where he went from Lethal Weapon 4 right into, you know, The One and Kiss of the Dragon and Romeo Must Die. I think Cradle to the Graves in there somewhere, too. So, right. Um, really kind of getting mainstream. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this. I don't want to spoil this. Just, <laughs> so. uh, what about what about you, LDJ? I saw this in the theater. Um, but you can admit that I was not there. No, right? it was me and Adam. I'm fairly certain. OK. And. Uh, yeah, I saw this in the theater. I remember liking this a lot more in the theater than I did this time around. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely 100% saw this in the theater, and I don't think I've seen it since. Yeah, and I mean, my 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 experience was that like I, I watched it for the first time for the podcast. But like I said, I felt like I knew a lot about it from talking with these guys about it. So, um, but yeah, okay. So, the one, release date, November 2nd, 2001. Uh, budget on this, which I was kind of surprised by the budget. It seemed a lot to me of $49 million, which this movie has like, I mean, where did, I'll be honest, no. where, yeah. where did they use this budget? CGI used to cost a lot more. It did. You know? I will say this though. The CGI effect of them, like going through the rift is pretty sweet. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it necessarily looks bad. I do think that this movie has four sets like it's like oh we yeah. have like a police station a hospital his house and the street and the factory so maybe they have five sets but that's like it and there's no extras in this movie when they're out on the street oh, no. there's nobody they weren't paying for extras so Mm-mm. um oh, okay so budget of 40 49 million dollars domestic gross 43 Ooh. And but then worldwide of seventy two million, so it, you know it made some money worldwide, but you know not a not a runaway success. Rotten Tomatoes on this. <laughs> I, I, I sometimes I sometimes do this as a as a guessing game. Have, have you guys looked this up at all? Um, on, I watched mine on my movies anywhere app, and it gives you the Rotten Tomatoes on it. All right, so uh, I have not. All right, so uh, Corn Dog and LPJ, take take a guess what you think the Rotten Tomatoes on this. Is. I'll say 39. Okay. I'm going to go a little higher than that. I think a lot of people, like you said, uh, LPG, I, I like this very much when I first saw it. I'm going to say 57%. 14%. <laughs> oh, wow. Rotten, Tomato, Rotten Tomatoes of 14%, an audience score of 51%. So a, a big difference in the Rotten Tomatoes and the audience score, but still a pretty low audience score. Oh, yeah. We don't, we don't get a lot of movies. Usually the movies we do, even when they're bad, the audience score is, is higher than that. So um, so as we mentioned, 2001, top grossing movies of 2001, you had Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, 
and Shrek. So some big, big franchises. Gigantic there. franchises. Uh, other movies that we have done on this podcast in 2001, number 14, The Fast and the Furious. Number 18, LPJ's favorite, Black Hawk Down. And number 49, Exit Wounds. This movie, the one, came in 56 in the box office for 2001. Wow. Like, 2001 was a big, big yeah, year for movies. It's, yeah. a big, it's a big franchise year. Those are yeah. huge franchises all launched in that year. So that's, that's kind of wild to think about that. How many Shrek movies did they make? Three or four? Four. I think four Shrek proper. Then they made a Puss in Boots movie. No, there is. There's a fifth in development, I believe. And there's a there's a ride. There's like shorts. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, there's definitely shorts. Yeah. So Shrek. As far as the actual releases, I think it's four Shreks and then one spinoff, Puss in Boots. Okay. Um. So and okay, cast of this movie. We've mentioned Jet Li. Jet Li plays a lot of different parts in this. Jet Li plays Gabriel Ulaw. Yep. Gabe Law. And Lawless. Which, why is that one guy's name just Lawless? Because um, he's a criminal. Because he yeah. was a criminal. And to show he's a criminal, they also make him like a 1950s greaser. He's like <laughs> bobbing his head, like just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm Lawless. Are, are you including the like headshot of the like various other characters he oh, The super blonde guy? No, I mean, they Bella? all have different first names. Like in, in every, <laughs> oh, in every wow. universe. You'll look the exact same with different haircuts and different first names. It, it, was, it was like they took a Guess Who board game and just put Jet Li's face <laughs> on <laughs> I, I can't remember, but the, the Jet Li with dreadlocks was by far my favorite. Seth, Seth Law? <laughs> Seth Law. <laughs> um, okay, so Jet Li, uh, Jason Statham playing Evan Funk? Funch? Okay, Funch? you know what? Here, rule number one for Seth. Jason Statham. Let him be British. Yeah. Just I let him. I, just let him do I know, it. I know I feel like he wasn't really covering up his British accent at I all. I feel like he was no. trying but just failing horribly. Yeah. You know? When you hear it, you should just say, "Okay, it's cool. It's a multi-universal organization. He can be British." Well, yeah. and I feel like part of it was also his idea of like, "Okay, I'm going to have like an American, maybe like a New York accent." And part of that is weird facial contortions when I do it. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, all Americans have Bell's palsy. You know, like, it's like he you know, like made these really weird faces when he would talk. You know, we should also mention his. We should also mention his Jason Statham with hair before he decided yeah. to go completely. Well, kinda okay. Yeah, he's got a very defined. Oh yeah, he's balding. But yeah, I mean, there are like Jason Statham with hair movies when like they give him like a wig. Yeah, yeah this is his actual hair. Oh, it's weird when they give, like, you know, was it Revolver they give him a wig at part <laughs> of it, you know? And then, yeah, it's weird. Okay, so uh, so Jason Statham, then uh, Delroy Lindo playing uh-huh. Harry Rodecker and Gas Station. Gas Station. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was really big for a while. Yeah, like, Delroy Lindo used to be in everything. Delroy Lindo is, like, English, too, right? He I don't is. think so. He's a big stage actor, I believe. No. Yeah, I, mean, I think no, he's, he's been like one of those like. Chicago oh no, he is. He is British. I'm sorry. He is British. Okay. Is he? Oh, wow. yeah. I thought I saw he, that when I looked it up. He's so in the Jay, classic. He, he's in Congo. Stop eating my sesame cake. Stop <laughs> eating my you sesame cake. 
you mentioned the gas station attendant, that totally non-stereotypical and racist character. <laughs> yeah, like, we'll get into that a little more when we get to the scene, but that was... Um, okay, then we have uh, Carla Gugino as TK Law, and apparently Massey Walsh is the name... Macy Walsh was the name of her other character she plays. You know, the one that had the mouth with the big balls in her shoe. Was that the <laughs> one that was uh, like a human embodiment of Jessica Rabbit? Pretty yeah. much, yeah. <laughs> My uh, note when she comes on and that is just Carla Gugino smoking in every dimension. Yep. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, and then the only other two people I mentioned were uh, Dean Norris, yeah. who has a yeah. very, very small part in this, but he's okay. in it. Yeah, but he's in it. And then I also mentioned uh, James Morrison, who plays uh, Bobby Allrich, who's like his buddy and his boss. And I don't, I couldn't really pinpoint him. I recognize his face. I couldn't pinpoint him from anything in particular. Yeah, he's one of those character actors that's like, oh, yeah. He's I, on, I, that. I think he was on 24. Yeah, he probably plays cops and agents a lot, right? Yeah. But, you know, you probably okay. like, like if you, he was the director of, 20, of uh, CT, uh, CTU on 24. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I definitely recognize him, but that's about it. Like, there's some other characters in this movie, but. Like, there's not a lot of people in this movie. No. Ooh. No, half the cast is Jet Li. <laughs> in various ways. That's fair. Like, I, I'm so, like, as the more we talk about this, the more I'm going to be like, where did all that money go for this movie? Like, Probably hey, Jet Li, like, four yeah. times. Like, <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is that era where, like, if you were a semi, you know, a, like, if you were fairly successful, you're like, boom, 20 million a movie, you know? Well, that, yeah, that and the soundtrack probably probably cost them a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. A bunch of royalties for the music of that era. We're, we'll get into the soundtrack in a second. Let's quickly, since we've been through the cast, let's roll through a couple net worths. Um, let's start with uh, Carla Gugino. What do you think, uh, Corndog, Carla Gugino? Ah, well, she's done a lot of, like, one-off guest starring stuff, too, and she... God, I don't know. But, you know... Um, I think they would have gave her a little more for this if she would have gone topless like every other movie. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I would remember her net worth. You know, How I, much money does she have overall? I'm gonna say twenty million. Okay, LBJ. Seventeen. Uh, Dave. She's in a surprising number of movies with The Rock. Um. <laughs> so, and sexy. I was watching Faster today, and she's in that. And um. But I, you know, I, she's probably like you know, getting between like two hundred fifty thousand to a million per movie. She's in a lot of movies. Twenty-two million. Fourteen million. Uh, Delroy Lindo. What do you think, uh, Corn Dog? For Delroy Lindo. Ah, he hasn't been in anything in a while. I'm gonna take the under here and say eight million. Okay. LBJ. Five. All right, uh, Dave. He's on one of those weird Chicago shows. So I'm gonna say ten. Uh, Four million. Oh. Uh, what about Jason Satham? Uh, Corn dog. Jason Satham. A hundred and twenty. Okay. LBJ. Mm, he's got transporter money, so I'm gonna go sixty. <laughs> like you're like he's got transporter money. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying he's got He's got transporter money, not like. Okay. Fast and Furious money, which he has some of that, he but not the, a lot. He got the net money now, too. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Dave? I'm just going to say 100. Uh, close. 90 million for Jason Statham. And then finally, last one on the list, Jet Li. What do you think for Jet Li, Corn Dog? Jet Li's got the international appeal. Uh, 
We're going to play it safe and say 200. Okay. LBJ? That's probably high. 80. All right. 120. 250 million for that uh, lace. So, oh. yeah, I think, I think you're underestimating his uh, uh, international box office money. So, uh, yeah. So that's the cast. That's the net worth. Uh, director on this is Mr. James Wong. Um, notable for directing a couple Final Destination movies and the uh, Dragon Ball Evolution movie. <laughs> Real mean fight from Buffy. Have you uh, have you guys all seen that? I've never seen it. I know it's notoriously terrible. Never seen I made it. Like it was on cable. Horrible. I watched a little bit, and it's like, oh, this is bad. It is terrible. <laughs> You've never seen it, LBJ? No, I refuse to. Chav saw it. He said it was. Not worth watching, and I actually took his advice this time. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, writers on this is James Wong, so quite a vision for James Wong on this director Maybe. and writer, and written with Glenn Morgan. Um, and the music, uh, at least the um, the score was done by uh, Trevor Rabin. Yep. Which, uh, interesting enough, uh, I mean, like, we kind of just talked about this, LBJ, yeah. but he did the music for Snakes on a Plane. Yep. Uh, he did the music for Deep Blue Sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. And uh, the National Treasure movies. And uh, Kangaroo Jack. So, but what we, really want, <laughs> what we really want to talk about, though, is the soundtrack for this movie. <laughs> and if there was ever a soundtrack that was more, like, early 2000s, like, new metal, like, I don't know. Because... We're talking a, a soundtrack that features not one, but two Papa Roach songs, uh, two Drowning Pool songs, um, a Disturbed just, song, a Godsmack song. Yes. I mean, there is. I hate the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Joe, you, Joe, you and I watch these a lot, these videos. I feel like this plays less like a movie soundtrack and more like the, the calling card of like an under underground music festival. <laughs> so I I don't know when to insert this into the podcast, so I'm just gonna tell it now. When we were when like Corey was getting ready to watch it, when Corn Dog was getting ready to watch it, he sent me, he's like, Yeah, he's like, I thought I found it on YouTube, but what it was is someone that took the whole movie and played it in reverse and posted it on YouTube. So it was from the end of the movie to the beginning in backwards. Including the dialogue, by the way. Like, why? Why did somebody take the time to do that? I'm I'm dumbfounded. I have no answer for you. And the soundtrack is is haunting me. Yes, but we are going (laughs) to... We are going to play a song from the soundtrack, correct, LBJ? Yeah, yeah, you guys picked. Uh, We're playing uh, Disturbs Down With The Sickness. Here we go. Okay, that is no. That's already too much. It's we're good. Um. So yeah. So quite the soundtrack on this very of its age, I would say. Uh, definitely yeah. dates this movie as an early two thousands movie. Um. Okay. Now I wanted to cover the taglines for this movie. There was a couple. Okay. First one. Stealing the power of the universe, one by one. 
right. It's not All bad. Right. It's actually, you know, of the taglines we've heard for past movies, that's one of the better ones. Not that bad. I don't think this one's that bad either. What if you discovered the most dangerous man in the universe was you? See, that's All pretty right. good too. Okay. And then the last one is, in, this one's a little wordy. In order to save the universe, he will have to fight the fiercest enemy he has ever faced himself. Again, not bad. You know what? If if the movie stopped there, we'd be okay. Yeah, I will say like a lot of times we go through these taglines and they're they're pretty awful. And like I, these ones are, are bad. Like I kind of I kind of don't dislike these taglines. And for the most part, they all also apply to a Highlander movie. They do, <laughs> they do which is definitely on the list of movies we're going to be doing. <laughs> which yeah, like I feel like this movie is like they're like, hey, remember remember Highlander? Yeah, you got you remember Time Cop? Yeah. What what about the Matrix? Did you see that? Yeah. What if we like yeah. bind them together? I, I was gonna say that the the screenplay of this feels like it's like the mashup of about four more successful movies. <laughs> yeah. They kind of just threw it all together. It's true. I don't I don't feel like there's a ton of like straight up original ideas in this. They kind of were just like, well, what if we crib a couple ideas and like don't explain them as much? Well, do and you- I'm glad you. Do you guys know who Glenn Morgan and, and uh, Wong are? Morgan and Wong? They were, they were writers no. and producers on the X-Files. Oh, were they? Yeah, they were the guys behind the X-Files along with um, uh, Chris Carter. Oh, I did not know that. Yep, and then they also did like uh, – what else did he write? He wrote the, like the Lone Gunman stuff. He wrote um, – he wrote a ton of stuff. Because uh, that makes sense, because when I looked up the two creep the two creepy morgue attendants, I knew the one was from American movie, that documentary, but then the other one just his credits were all like X Files and Lone Gunman and such. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well there you go. I, I had actually had no idea. No idea. So Space Above and Beyond. I remember, remember that show. I re- I used to love that show. I love show. that show. I thought it was great. Like one season. It did. It was a what shame that got it, it was a shame it ended. I bet it's not ringing a bell with me at all. Oh, it's a great show. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So are we ready to kind of run through the plot of this movie? Sure. Okay. So the movie starts off with what is kind of like, I guess, an exposition dump. And the best I can tell is that, like, in this movie, a multiverse exists. There's multiple universes. And it's possible to travel between the universes, but it's restricted and it's policed by uh, like a, a police force. I can't remember what they call it. I think a multiversal police force. Yeah, this is all explained over basically what looks like a screensaver. You know? <laughs> and they're that like, look, we've got CGI, but like, this is it. yeah, it's what happens when you leave your computer on too long. I, I think they also explained it in a sentence and a half. <laughs> and, and there's like, they're like, oh, there's multiple versions of your stuff, yourself, and there was balance, but now there's a force. There's a force that seeks to destroy that balance so he can become the one. And then we get into the movie. Um, <laughs> so the first version of Jet Li we're introduced to is that lawless version who's, like we said, he has the slick back hair. He's on, like, he's in prison. He's the bad guy, obviously. And they're getting ready to transport him to be killed? I wasn't quite I sure of it. going to another jail, or it's a prisoner transport or, or something. Yeah, and he's bobbing his head a lot. You're bobbing <laughs> his head, yeah. He is bobbing his head a lot. And all the other inmates really hate him for some reason. I noticed that, too. They're all like, I think they try and kill him, right? Yeah. 
no version of Jet Li has a good rapport with prisoners, it seems. <laughs> um, so uh, they're taking him out for this transport, uh, and, then, and he's, like, attacked. Uh, and then it's, like, it's another version of Jet Li. And he shows up, and he's, like, super strong, and he's, like, doing this thing where he's, like, kicking guys up in the air and then kicking them sideways. And he's I thought that was actually pretty fast. cool. Like, the, the effects yeah. of that oh, was cool. really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that that was cool. That looked cool. And that's when they start playing uh, Let the Body Sit the Floor. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> it's appropriate for that scene because all their bodies are hitting the floor, Joe. Exactly. That's, that's true. So, like, so he kills Lawless and then he takes off. And there's that terrible scene where he, I hate it where he's running. And he's, like, running super fast. <laughs> <laughs> what, does that cop say, what does that cop say to him that's driving? He's like, he's like, 50 <laughs> <laughs> it, was re- it looks real bad it looks kind of like worse than when they show the flash running on the flash tv show he's like <laughs> well it's so fun you mentioned that because like i remember when i first saw this movie i remember like yeah this is how they could totally make a flash movie but instead, <laughs> they're just like nah we're just gonna like have like a weirdo who's wrong for the character and beats up girls in iceland <laughs> oh you're talking about the flash yeah not that's the, TV the, flash. the worst Gotcha. Okay, so then Statham and Delroy Lindo show up, and they're like the multiverse cops, right? Like they show multiverse authority is what they're called. Okay, I was curious as to what MVA was because I feel like they never officially tell you what it stands for, but maybe I just missed it. Um, So they're like chasing after him, and they're like, "Ah, we got to stop him from jumping to a different dimension." But okay, I don't know if now is the best time, but. It seems to me in this movie sets up a scenario where it's very difficult to jump from dimension to dimension. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like there's a timetable. Like it's like the tides or something or like, you know. Well, I think, like- I think the theory behind it is there's wormholes. They can't create wormholes, but they can predict when they're going to happen and they can travel through them. Um, so they just have to be in the right place at the right time with the right, like, set of circumstances to go through these wormholes. So I don't think they can really have any kind of control over it. They just have to be in the right spot. Okay. Got it. It seemed very confusing to me. I was like, I was like, why couldn't they made like a simpler way to travel between. And then, like you said, you mentioned when they do travel through dimensions, it looks cool, but it seems like the most painful thing ever. It, it, like, it hurts like hell. Oh yeah. <laughs> They're always screaming in pain when it happens. Um, so anyway, so they catch up to the uh, evil version of Jet Li. I'm just going to say, like, from here on out, I'm going to refer to them as evil Jet Li and good Jet Li as we yep. go through this movie. Makes sense. Okay. So they hit yeah, evil... Yulon Gabla? No. <laughs> they, they hit evil Jet Li with a car, uh, and then they're like, they dimension hop him back to the headquarters of the NBA. That's when they find out that he has murdered 123 people 123 different versions of himself and that's when you get like great like montage of them going through all the victims and you see like Sven Law who's like you know he's got the blonde hair and the one with dreadlocks and all the different versions of Jet Li that he's murdered so um, are they saying that there's 124 universes or that there's only 124 universes in which some version of Jet Li exists I mean, it's possible that maybe he didn't make it, you know, like he just you know, died of other causes in other universes, or, you know, well, maybe one universe is like a lizard people universe, so that's, you know. <laughs> sure. It, it, it brings a couple of different questions about that, because I think they imply there's 125 universes because of the one he comes from, 
but then there's an imbalance because he's been killing all of them. But then later in the film, Jason Statham tells Jet Li that there's a universe in which he doesn't exist. So, <laughs> so, so it seems like there's probably a multitude of universes, and there's only 125 in which Jet Li exists. Well, okay, here's a, here's a better question for you guys. Delroy, Lindo, and Statham, they seem pretty good at their jobs. They, they catch up to uh, Evil Jet Li, and they subdue him. How did he murder 123 people before they caught him? How did they oh, not catch him sooner? 123 versions of himself, because as we see when he's tearing through L.A., like the body count is much higher. I'm curious why they're only charging him with well, 123 counts I of think it, I think it was that in like the previous universes, they took too much time tracking down like 1960s and 70s muscle cars. But they always seem to find every universe. Now, like by the time they got to there, they were like, okay, we know how to find our muscle cars quickly. You know, you know what? And I don't want to give this movie excuses, but in my head, I just realized it's probably because there weren't that many Jet Lees left, so they kind of knew where he was going to be. Yeah, that makes sense. When there's like 100 Jet Lees, it's like, we don't know. We can't well, really pinpoint, yeah. but when there's only a couple left. To, to that end, though, he has that exchange with Delroy Lindo, Joe, where he's like, how long have you been chasing me? And he's like, two years. And I'm like, that's not that long of a time. Like, right? <laughs> yeah. like, a lot longer. I'm like, in the grand scheme of things, that's that's not that long. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, and we find out a little bit of the background that, like, uh, and we'll find out more of it, but Delroy Lindo and Jet Li, they were partners. Um, and, and Jet Li's goal is that he wants to kill all the versions of him because, and I don't know when they explained this, but we can talk about it now. It's basically when you kill another version of yourself, the, the power from that in person is distributed amongst the remaining versions of yourself. So you get more, you get smarter, you get po- more powerful, faster, all that stuff. So the more you kill, the stronger you get. And that's the plot of this movie is that good Jet Li and evil Jet Li are the only two left. And he's trying to kill him so he can become the ultimate one. But they think it might destroy the universe if there's only one of them left. Right? I get, well, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like they explain, Cam explained that in the opening credits. And then Jason Statham also explains that Jet Li. There's a bunch of little bits and pieces here and there. Right. Okay. So they're going to, they're not going to execute evil Jet Li. They're going to send him to the uh, Hades universe. It's the, uh, yeah. it's the Stygian penal colony. Yeah, the penal colony, the Hades universe. Um, so they're, they're, they have you can apparently come and just watch him get like executed, and that's when like you said Carly Gugino shows up looking like Jessica Rabbit because totally apparently not I, inconspicuous at all. Yeah, because apparently anyone can just come and just watch this execution or whatever. Um, okay, so how to describe this? She has a mouse hidden in her shoe. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty much it. There's really no other way to describe it. <laughs> And this mouse, like, has uh, uh, okay. So I'm watching the movie, and this mouse comes out of her shoe, and I'm like, man, I'm like, is that the mouse's balls? Like, I feel like the ball, the mouse's balls were very prominent. But I kind of just like, I was like, no, I was like, it probably isn't it. And then I was talking to Corey about it. He's like, man, did you see the balls on that mouse? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, why were they so? Well, I can actually tell you the answer to that. <laughs> having <laughs> having owned mice, mouse ball expert. We used to have a couple mice. It's not actually their balls. Those are glands that are on the back of them. I don't know what they're for, but they're glands. They're not actual testicles. Wow. So how did wow. they react when you tickled them? Oh, <laughs> I stood. I did not touch the mice. I stayed away from them as much as I possibly could. Okay. Well, in, in her defense, Joe, she either had to smuggle that mouse in her shoe or inside Richard Gear. <laughs> 
Wow, old so reference. I mean, I feel like it would have been more fitting with that outfit, though, if like the mouse just like crawled out of her cleavage, though. <laughs> so the mouse comes out of her shoe. It's got a big radio antenna on it, uh, and it like crawls up to the viewing screen. This is, this is so, so great. It crawls up to the viewing screen, and it blows up, and they immediately come in with Down with the Sickness, like that day. Can you do it for us? <laughs> just as like... Just as the whole like screen blows up and that distracts everyone, so Jet Lee escapes um, and he teleports. He gets out of there, the painful teleporting, and he's going after like the last version of himself. That's where you get like basically a replay of the original scene, although it's slightly different. In the original universe, Al Gore was president. In this universe, George Bush is president. So, but still, um, I don't know if it's still our universe yet. Because said George Bush, you know, assigns the bill of for universal health care. Yeah, like, I, uh, I wrote that fun. down and I, I laughed at that out loud. Like, President Bush <laughs> plan for universal health care. I laughed at that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like I said, it's like the opening scene again, but it's different. In this universe, Jet Li isn't the prisoner; he's the cop. Um, and, like, Evil Jet Li tries to use the same plan that he used to kill Lawless, but, like, there's a weird thing that they describe where it's, like, you can sense another version of yourself if they're around, so, like, he knows that Evil Jet Li is there, um, and he, he can, like, sense him, so, like, then they have, like, uh, they have, like, a kind of a fight, but, like, I guess the good Jet Li also has superpowers because he's been getting all the energy, um, from the, the deaths of all the other Jet Li. Yeah, realistically, right? they're equally as powerful. It's just the good Jet Li doesn't know, so he hasn't right. been, like, fine-tuning his skills or anything like that. Um, uh, Statham and Delroy Lindo are there. Uh, how they caught the right wormhole, I don't know. Did they have to wait around for a while and were like, when's another one going to show up? It's so or- ambiguous how it works. <laughs> yeah, they just are yeah, there. Yeah, it's kind of however they want it to. If they need to, like, you know, have it, like, be, like, you know, some tension it's like okay yeah it'll just like you know it, we have to wait but if they need it like hey we need to get gently out of here and to the other earth we'll just let him go right away <laughs> so um so good gently in this universe he, he doesn't he doesn't get killed by evil gently he gets shot but he doesn't die um and it turns out in this universe he's married to Carla Gugino, who's known as TK did they ever explain what TK they stands never for? tell you her name they just call her TK Okay, no idea. so TK, um, then he goes oh, home. Knockout, I think, is what it was. <laughs> and then he goes home, and he's like, um, I guess, like, and Corey had to explain this to me, but I guess it's supposed to be, like, the scene where he's discovering that he's more, like, powerful, because he's in, like, that room, and he's kind of doing, like, the martial arts thing, and then they cut to Evil Jet Li, who's on the roof of the hospital, and he's, like, doing the same thing, and I didn't get it, but well, that uh, was dog. Actually, oh, there, that is, um, that was a conscious decision on Jet Li's part. He's actually performing two different styles of martial arts. Yes. One that though the good one is performing one that has a lot of flowing motions and revolves around like the motion of water. And the other one is like a, a, a more aggressive fast strike version of karate or, or whatever martial art it is. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It, it's to kind of contrast good versus evil. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So then good. Yeah. Good. Light. Good. Sorry guys. Good Jet Li. Good Jet, good jet Li goes to, goes to the hospital and they're gonna because he's feeling weird and they're like, oh, we're gonna give you an MRI. And he, he can kind of sense that evil Jet Li's there. And they go to they go to the, the I have a note that just says the nurse in the MRI room is such a bitch. Yeah. yeah. She really 
was. And, and ask him all these questions like, hey, do you have a penile implant? I have taken my dad for an MRI before, and they do not ask that. It's like, they ask you, like, oh, do you work with metal and stuff like that? But it's like, they don't say, hey, you have an implant in your dick. Possibly the biggest scene in the movie, too, is somebody who's gotten several MRIs. The wait time for him to get into an MRI was instantaneous. That's in the real world. Um, the interesting thing about this hospital it is the same hospital where they filmed Scrubs. <laughs> so true. conceivably, they were filming it at the same time. Yeah, I guess in 2001, they probably would have been, huh? Yeah. Um, so um, Evil Jet Li shows up. We get some, uh, you can tell this is inspired by The Matrix because you get some good old-fashioned bullet time in this movie where they're like, Moving out of the way of the bullets, and you see the bullet move. I had to laugh kind of at that. Um, Wait, he doesn't move out of the way so much as he deflects it off of the butt of his pistol. <laughs> and there are times, though, when he kind of, like, turns and watches it go by his face. Um, and this is where, like, we kind of get this, like, drop, and it's kind of, like, teased throughout the whole movie, but it's like, well, because I was like, well, why don't they just kill the evil Jet Li? And, and I guess it's explained as, like, because if they kill him... They don't know what's going to happen if there's only one version of you left. They think it might, it could potentially destroy the entire multiverse. So they're like, well, if we kill evil Jet Li, then we got to kill good Jet Li too, right? Like, that's the thinking behind it? Yeah. (laughs) It still seems like a terrible line of thought, because wouldn't you have to kill them in the exact same moment? Yeah, yeah. And they have, they don't seem to have any basis for this <laughs> like they just say, well, you know, people think that this is gonna happen. Well, what is? There's no evidence apparently to support this theory. <laughs> why are they worried about? Why are they worried about it? I don't know. Don't and, know. and the thing that they they and and I mentioned this a little bit to Joe, but they keep talking about the balance is strictly on Jet Li, but nobody talks about the balance of like all the ancillary cops and characters he's killing in each universe. Like, doesn't that throw off the balance? Perpetually in every other well, universe as well. No, the way they get around that is because you can only gain power by killing yourself. Oh, is that true? Do they say that? I yeah. didn't hear that part. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was it's really only if you crazy. kill yourself. Oh, That's why okay. he has to jump. To it's not just he, oh okay. right. Okay, all right. Well, right. When he killed, like it's cast, like when he killed Lawless, there was no like. Highlander quickening moment. It's just like, okay, yeah, he's probably more powerful now. <laughs> well, he kind of like does the Thanos putting on the gauntlet thing for a minute where he kind of flexes up for a minute. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so they, they have a big fight in this MRA room. And at one point, like, I don't remember why, but there's a lot of smoke coming out of the MRI machine. Yeah. And I was like, why is, why is there so much smoke coming? It gets well, really because it's dry ice is the major component of, a, of the <laughs> MRI. Sure. Yep. They're, they're like, get more dry ice in here. We got three more MRIs because, today. Because that was the least expensive effect they could afford. <laughs> yeah. um, I have a note that says uh, Evil Jet Li is a way worse actor than Good Jet Li. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he really is. That's, yeah. that's yep. You're not wrong. Like good Jet Li is like, yeah, okay, yeah, he was pretty good. He's not going to be doing any Shakespeare or anything. But evil Jet Li, like, I mean, he gives that speech kind of explaining how he's making the galaxy more, or you know, the multiverse more yeah. orderly. It's like, oh, terrible. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a weird cadence to the way he talks too. It's- yeah. So like. 
Crap goes down at the uh, hospital. Uh, Good Gently ends up having to fight all his cop buddies because they don't realize that there's two of them. And they think he's just gone crazy. He, like, bends a shotgun in half yeah. to show off like he's powerful. Um, uh, then, like, so then you get that weird scene with those corners and they're talking about portos for some reason. Oh, this, this was some of my favorite dialogue. I didn't write this down because, it, it like, for a movie this short, they had time for this back and forth. Yeah, Hi, I I just watched a new movie. Mister Fanny's been a plug-in. Like, <laughs> I like Janine, but she's into too much of that girl on girl. Man, you probably like shemale tapes, you big ass freak. <laughs> Why? What is the point of that dialogue? There is no point to that dialogue. It's just it's bizarre. It's like like I said, one of those one of those guys is from American movie. It's like a documentary from like the late nineties about like kind of two. Like losers, I think in Wisconsin or something, were trying to make a horror movie, and then there's like, yeah, like I said, a guy from like the other X Files shows. Like, why would you, I guess in like the early two thousands, late nineties was when like like the whole mainstream porno thing, which is weird, you know? <laughs> it is very weird that because for an hour like, and twenty minute movie, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it turns out because now help me out on this. It's evil gently that's hiding in the body bag, right? Or is it good gently? Yes. No, evil. Okay, so evil gently is hiding in a body bag. Dave, did you have something? Uh, I guess it's the, the one the one payoff of the scene is evil gently is like, shut up to both of us. <laughs> yeah. Which is, he says what we're all feeling, you know? So he he steals like the van and he's driving off and like then it turns out it turns out, okay, so Delroy Lindo is in the van with them, but then you get that weird scene where he's 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 going to the radio, and that's when they play like the Tony Orlando, and he doesn't like it, and he ends up on a uh, another. Is it a disturbed song? It is another uh, drowning pool song. And he's like really into it, and like uh, Delroy Lindo interrupts him, and he's like, "Oh, the first thing in this universe I like," or something. He's very upset by it. So apparently, he likes new metal. Yeah. Um, because Statham and Delroy Lindo, they split up. They're like, Statham, you go after Good Jet Li. I'm going to go after Evil Jet Li so we can kind of contain the situation. And that's when we get a lot more exposition where Dathan, Jason Statham explains essentially the plot of the movie to Good Jet Li. Um, yeah. I have a note that just says black holes, multiverse. I, I don't know. That's when they try and explain how it works to travel between multiverses. And it's it's... For being as it, it's so complicated and it doesn't make sense, I don't know why they didn't just go with something way simpler to no, explain. And, and another question: they they allude to each of them, Delroy Lindo and, and and Jason Statham. Those devices they have are explosives. So, like, if something happens, they're supposed to blow each other. Well, yeah. What, yeah, they, yeah. Doesn't that defeat don't. the purpose of trying to catch <laughs> Jet Li? They they give no background into that too. He's like, "Hi, I got this thing with a blinking light." Yeah, up. he's like, "Sink your repeaters," and then I'm like, and, 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 I'm and like what?" Jason Statham like makes a comment to him too, like, "I've lived through one of those before." Like, I know what those do. And then like, what? Like, there's no backstory to that at all. Um. Yeah, it's very. It's like I don't even know why they put that in because it's it's very confusing. Um, so Evil Jet Li fights and uh, kill ends up killing uh, Delroy Lindo, which is kind of cool when he when he's like fighting him and like and beating the crap out of him with the superpowers. I kind of like that. I have to say. Yeah. And then you when mean, the cops show up after he does it, and then you get the motorcycle smack. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, that's right. He did curl two motorcycles in each hand. Yeah, 
he he does he beats up cops by swinging around two police motorcycles, and he picks them up and he's just swinging them around. Well, and it's what like, did he say? No, but that's that to Dave's point. That's the terrible uh, acting of bad gently is when the cops yeah. come rolling up. He's don't you people ever learn? <laughs> <laughs> And also, at this point, good Jet Li has not thought, hey, I should change out of this matching outfit from evil Jet Li. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big thing in this movie is that they need to be like in a, uh, like a uh, freaky Friday. It takes two. Like, hey, you guys need to be in matching outfits all the time. Can, yeah. I, can, I, can I just say it's funny that we talked about that weird bomb watch thing? Because I literally have a note that says, someone is going to have to explain the watch thing to me. <laughs> Because <laughs> I didn't get it, I still don't get it. Um, okay, so anyways, um, they take uh, Carly Gugino home, and she's trying to get away from the cops to find Good Jetly. That's when she's like, "Hey, uh, I got to do like girl stuff," <laughs> which I was like, "Come on!" <laughs> so um, she goes into the um, TK. She goes into the room, and she gets the cop guy out of there. Um, and then they're like, oh, he, she knows that he's in the attic. So she goes and talks to him in the attic. And like, it's really confusing because she opens the attic because she knows he's in there. And he's like, oh, and you said that this was a waste. You said this was wasted space. And they kind of joke around a little bit. But then it turns out that it's evil Jet Li yeah. who's in the attic. How does he know where to go? That's what I'm saying. How did he know to make that joke about the wasted space? How, did he, how the hell did he know where Jet Li lived? <laughs> yeah, there's. Huh? So, yeah, like, the things that are similar and things that are different, there's no rhyme or reason to them in this, you know, as far as the multiverse, it seems. Well, well so, yeah, because they, they say he's married to the same woman in some universes, he's married to a different woman, and then there's the moment where he tells him he's married to a man in a different And universe. he gets very offended. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't he like came that. a long way by the time of Expendables 3, where it's implied that he and Arnold are doing it. <laughs> um, so anyways, so Evil Jet Lee, like, Good Jet Li gets there, but he's outside. And Evil Jet Li, like, in very unceremoniously, just kills Kylie Gugino. Just, like, shoots yeah. her to the side and kills her. And, like, Jet- like, there was no reason to do that, you know? And then Good Jet Li is mildly upset by it. He's supposed to be very upset, but I feel like he portrays mildly being upset by it when he was in the car with Jason Statham. Hey, oh, is that fair? He, like, punches the dashboard a couple times. Yeah, so they, they stop at the gas station. Jason Statham spends, like, five minutes explaining how he built these special guns to, to stop Jet Li. Yeah. Uh, Jet Li uh, kicks a phone, a light pole, and knocks it over. And that's when, like, this movie's... But then, like, so this that version's... That, that universe's version of Delroy Lindo runs out because he works at that gas station. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. And, and like, Jason Satham goes up to him and is like, oh, you know, I just want to thank you for all you've done for me. I didn't get to say bye to you. And it's just, it's a, such a weird scene. I don't know why it's in there. So, um, so then they're like, okay, we're going to go after, go, good after, go after evil Jet Li. Good, he explains to good Jet Li that he's like, yeah, I'm probably going to have to kill you. And he like, good Jet Li's like, I don't care. I just want to stop him because he killed um, my wife. Um, they go to this abandoned, like, factory, I guess? Or, like, yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's well, like an abandoned factory. Thing is, like, I was kind of looking at my notes, and I know I had, like, a bunch of notes, and it's like, and then they, they, they're almost tapered off here. It's like, this is the climax of the movie now. <laughs> we haven't been talking about it that long, but it's like, this, this is it now, you know? 
Yeah, because they go to this factory. Uh, Evil Jet Lee, whatever the watch bomb thing is, he uses it. And it's like supposed to be this deadly weapon. But apparently, if you just kind of go a little bit to the side, you're fine because it goes off. And they kind of hide in these like under these pipes and they're both fine, right? Like they're they're not really hurt by the bomb at all. No, they hide in like uh it's almost like so it's almost like the factory's full of generators, like giant electrical generators, and they hide underneath one of them and it (laughs) and it protects them from the blast somehow. See, I thought they were hiding in that thing where uh, Sarah Connor crawled through to escape the uh, Terminator. You know what? That's it. That's exactly what it is. It, it, it's a weird factory because it is all generators that emit, like, green water. Like, yeah, it's, it's the dip from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> and there's there's nobody working in the factory either. They're like, hey, should we get some extras in here? They're like, no. And um, there's, uh, there's Goldberg sparks at one point, too. Yeah. <laughs> Just for Jet Li to walk through. So Evil Jet Li fights Statham. I think he breaks Statham's arm. He beats him up pretty good. He yeah, breaks yeah. leg or something too. He beats the shit out of Statham. And then we get yeah, like kind of this is for martial arts Statham. Like yeah, <laughs> Statham doesn't get to do any cool like fighting in this movie. So Just we a get a lot like, of bad accent. I was really disappointed by that too. I thought okay, <laughs> maybe maybe they'll let Statham fight. They didn't. They don't. No, no, he just gets beat up. So then we get like the centerpiece of this movie, which is the good Jet Li, bad Jet Li fight. And just so we don't get confused, they make a point of uh, Evil Jet Li. He takes off the top part of his jumpsuit so we can see that Evil Jet Li is wearing like a gray long sleeve shirt and good Jet Li still wearing his full jumpsuit. So we don't get him confused while they're fighting. And it's I like their fight. Their fight is pretty cool. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, they have a, they have a really good fight. And like at one point, it looks like Evil Jet Li is gonna is, wins the fight, but it's not over. Like Good Jet Li gets up, and that's when like so many sparks show up, and that's when they play some Papa Roach. But not the Papa Roach song you're thinking of, a Papa Roach song. Um, but then like so, Good Jet Li has a chance to kill Evil Jet Li, but he doesn't. Like the whole factory starts blowing up, all the stuff starts going, and then they all get like painfully teleported <laughs> back Good to Jet the. Li- does it with a fire axe, which don't exist in real life anymore. Oh, really? Where have you ever been anywhere? It's like, oh, there's an axe on this wall, you know? That's fair. Maybe they did in 2001. Um, So they all get teleported back to the multiverse police headquarters, but uh uh-oh, now you can't tell which Jet Li's which because they both don't have their, like, jumpsuit on. So they grab one, so they're both saying, oh, he's the evil one. So they grab one of them and they strap him to the chair because conveniently, I guess there's going to be another like opening where they can teleport. Yep. Right on two. Yep. Well, it was completely arbitrary. They just listened to the first one you said, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> and like, they did a scan which revealed nothing apparently. And then it was like, oh, yeah, throw him in there. But then, then Statham notices that the one in the chair, uh, and I had to have Corey explain this to me, is missing his wedding ring or is yeah. that what it is so just like, he has the, he has the line line of a wedding ring. The line of the missing wedding ring yeah so he's like wait wait stop so then it's like oh is there gonna be another fight and it's like no they just switch them they put the bad one <laughs> in the chair and they take a good one out can I talk about this for a minute too? Because I, I realize he was trying to avoid going to like that Hades universe, but I don't know what his plan was there. So if they send good Jetly to Hades universe, you go back to yours, but then you still have to go there to kill him to become the one. So like, what the hell was the point of that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Because that's what they do. They send bad Jetly to the Hades universe, and then they're like, hey, uh, 
I think they they're not like we have to kill this Jet Li. They're like, well, we're just gonna send him back to his universe. Yeah, and, Sa- and Satham's like, yeah, but he's like a wanted murderer there. So yeah, that's kind of who like kind of- killed his wife, and he's basically Chris Benoit there. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> So then, so Satan's like, all right, you're right. He's like, he's like, I'll send him back there. So he goes to the computer and he's like, and he like punches in some buttons. And, and no one's paying attention, apparently. No one's paying attention. And he gets painfully transformed away. And previously in the movie, Good Jet Li had explained the story of how he met Carly Gugino because he, he saw a dog get hit by a car and he took her into the like animal clinic where she worked. Well, he somehow teleports Good Jet Li to a dimension Right at this exact moment where he sees the dog get hit by a car, picks the dog up, takes the dog immediately into this animal clinic where there's a version of Carly Gugino. And I'm like, how did Jetlin know where to send them? It, it still also uh, kind of implies that everything is exactly the same in each universe, too. It's like, well, except for the fact that if you look at the cars, I'm like... The gate land on Demolition Man world, like, <laughs> those weird cars. You know, Everyone's got a Prius, and, like weird colors. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Where future cars are like, I don't know. What if it's just like boxier? Yeah, <laughs> what if they're like one person cars? can fit in it. What if they're normal cars, but they're more rectangular? <laughs> um, so, and then the last part of the movie is where we they show us we're in the uh, the Hades dimension. <laughs> And Yula, Yula, Evil Jet Li shows up there, and like there's a bunch of prisoners on this weird pyramid thing, and the first one says, "Hey, you've got a pretty mouth." Oh, <laughs> they're getting ready to gang rape him for sure. Yeah. yeah, that's a straight up line from like it was. I think it started in Deliverance, and then they used it in everything that's ever like where there's an implied male rape. So then, then he goes, "I am Yula. I'm nobody's bitch. You are mine." And then like all these people start running up the pyramid and he just starts fighting them and they start playing another Papa Roach song. This is the Papa Roach song, you know, uh, and they just like zoom back and more and more people are running up this pyramid. And he's, he's fighting, fighting them all. He's fighting all of them. And with that line, like you are mine, does that imply that he's going to, he's going to fuck all these guys? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to do something. And then, like, he's the one, I guess. Here's the thing that's confusing. Like they zoom out and like they show at one point, you can see there's like there's like police officers. This is a whole prison yeah. universe, and there's police officers. How does that even work? Yeah, no, the, the whole architectural setup on that universe is confusing because there's like pyramids, and then they <laughs> well, as they're zooming out, they have like the eight chains from the Terminator flying around. And like, <laughs> yeah, but that's like the end. They zoom out of him, and he's just beating up all the guys on the pyramid. And I'm like, were they thinking there was going to be a sequel? Did they leave this open for a sequel? <laughs> They did. I think that they were like, and you, know and you know what? I'm on board. Yeah, I'm on board too. <laughs> Especially now that like Jet Li has like some sort of weird thyroid disorder or something. It would be really good. Like he's 100 years old. Would I think he, really got, he just recently got over it. Like he got like a good medication and such. But for a while there, he's looking real weird. Do you think it should be called the one part two or still the one? <laughs> still the one. <laughs> well, I don't think you can call it number two. <laughs> Maybe a yeah. description, but but, but yeah, that's... yeah, we can't afford Jason Statham anymore. But you know, <laughs> but yeah, don't no. back. <laughs> I will 
will say that that I was kind of at, at the end of the movie. I liked the part where Evil Jet Li was fighting. I was furious about the fact where Jason Statham hit a couple buttons and magically transported into the dimension where his ex, where his wife was alive at the exact point to meet her. But you know, what are you gonna do? And that's the end. We made it to the end of the one. And here's yeah. the thing: you're like, oh, that was a long movie. No. The movie's listed as being an hour and 27 minutes. I counted. The credits start an hour and 21 minutes into this. So it's not even 90 minutes. And there's a credit scene at the beginning. So this movie's basically an hour and 19 minutes long. Yeah, it was short. It was a fast watch. And by fast watch, I mean it was a slow watch. But (laughs) the actual amount of time I spent watching this was little compared to some of the (laughs) other It's true. This is like, I I do enjoy a good short movie like this occasionally. So, um... Uh, did you have any, uh, role reversal for this? <laughs> I do. I have one role reversal. Oh. This movie yeah. was originally written for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's wild to me. Well, and it really when he was just The Rock, too. It, wasn't, yeah. it was like, that was like... And he turned this down to go do The Scorpion King and, uh, I don't remember what else he was filming at the time. Maybe it was Be Cool, yeah, or The Rundown, something. Um, but I, I, how does this movie work with The Rock? <laughs> I don't, I can't picture I, this. I mean, <laughs> yes, not Kung Fu, you know, I mean, just, <laughs> it'd be a different like, movie. You'd be, giving, you'd be giving people rock bottoms and such. <laughs> well, it's weird too, better though. <laughs> well, it's weird too, because I mean, like this timing, this is before the rundown. Yeah. Like, this, so this is before he was like. They must have been like, hey, this. He, they, they must have based on him being a wrestler. They're like, hey, this could be a good vehicle for him because this was not when he was a known star. This was like back when yeah. he had hair. We talk about Statham with hair. This is when like The Rock was have had the same kind of haircut as Jason. Well, I'm gonna pull up his filmography right now and figure out like where. But that's crazy. Did anyone notice that during the fight though, like Jet Li like does and he does in some of his other movies like he does like the splits, but it's like kind of like a lazy splits. <laughs> You know, like not like a full Van Damme split, but like kind of like he's like almost like Dennis Reynolds on It's Always Sunny when he's doing like, you know, oh, I could go lower, you know? Okay, so let's see. His filmography right here. So this was, he, this would have been his first movie. Oh, okay. Well, he, he, yeah. he had the, the cameo in The Mummy Returns. He had a right? cameo in The Mummy Returns. The Mummy Returns. He, what's that? I said, this is after The Mummy Returns. Yeah, th- yeah, I guess, yeah. This would technically be after The Mummy Returns. Well, The Mummy Returns was 2001 also. Okay. Yeah. So. And then Long Shot, he was in that. And then Scorpion King was 02, and Rundown was 03. Okay. So, so. It, this would have been, yeah, it literally would have been The Mummy Maybe Returns was really the only thing they had seen in this would have been a big... about the X-Men character. <laughs> so man so potentially we could have got like Hobbs and Shaw way before Hobbs and Shaw yep well I mean this did this did this was the first of five collaborations between Statham and Jet Li so <laughs> and, and honestly I think we should cover them all well yeah. okay I almost feel like in the Expendables when Statham and Jet Li beat up the guy together it's almost like making up for this it's like hey Sorry, we didn't let. J- Sorry, didn't let Statham do uh, you know martial arts before. Because because Jason Statham was capable of doing martial arts. At oh this yeah, point, he was right? really good. Like, he had always yeah. practiced them. You know, he's, he's really and, good at martial arts. Like the transporter movies, the transporter yeah. movies are basically built around his ability to do all that stuff. Because like, wasn't the, the first transporter is only like a year after this? I think right. I think so. 
It seems yeah. like such a waste. It seems like such a waste to have him in this movie and not have a like a good fight scene between him and Jet Li. Well, well, I think because at the time they were kind of pushing him as like a gritty like actor, like instead of like a March, like you know, because he had been in Lock, Stock, you know, and like like remember because he was in that uh, that terrible cellular movie and he didn't uh, do martial arts or anything. Well, they're, and, they're, I think I think what's a, what's the first big issue with this is. Again, they tried to make him have an American accent. Obviously, they didn't know how to use him properly. Uh, I was gonna, I was it's so say, bad. This has to be post, like, Snatch and the Italian job, right? Where they just had him still with a very heavy British accent? I don't know if yeah. it's post-Italian job or not. Yeah, I think it's around the same time, but it might even be before. I think it's before. But it's definitely post- It's definitely post-Snatch, right? Uh, let's yeah, because yeah. like, like, he broke in, like, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrel. Oh, you know what? Actually, that. his movie right before this was Ghost of Mars. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh God. Ghost of Mars, which we found out a couple episodes ago, yeah. was originally planned to be a Snake Plissken movie. It was supposed to be Escape from Mars with Kurt Russell playing Snake Plissken. Oh, wow. but, but Escape from L.A. did so terrible in the box office that he rewrote it and changed it into uh, Ghost of Mars. Isn't, uh, yep. Doesn't it have Ice Cube in it, too? Yes. It has Ice Cube, Natasha <laughs> Hendricks, also Pam Pam Girl. Yep. How well do you remember that movie, Dave? Because apparently the, well. the Natasha Hendricks character was originally i think it was gonna be who was snake plissken is she snake plissken like in that movie um no i'd say ice cube is more snake plissken in that movie okay because he literally is supposed to be he's like an escaped like convict or something like i think ice cube is supposed to be yeah all right all right well uh i don't have really anything else as far as notes on this i think we're probably ready to rate this yep I would let's say. rate it i'm gonna play the sound hopefully it goes through okay here we go okay Okay, it looked like that worked. I don't know. We'll find <laughs> out. I'll find right. out in editing. All right, now uh, we, we, you guys know how this works. We let the guests go first, unless they want us to go first. So, uh, Dave, Corn Dog, when do you want to go first on this? You can go, uh, Corey. I'll, I'll get mine out of the way here. Yeah, you know what? I, I, and I had some conversations with Joe on this. You know, it is a short. It's a short movie. It maybe feels a little longer, but. I just think this this movie is is okay. I, I think it plays a little better though. You know, if we get a little bit more backstory into Evil Jet Li and say like we we open this movie with him killing uh, that first version of himself as a good cop, and then we flash forward oh two years later, screen crawl, and now we're here and he's full fledged bad guy, and a little bit more development into that. I, I think if we add thirty minutes to this movie's runtime. We get a lot more out of it, but overall, you know what? I, I have some nostalgia to this. Like I said, I had a, a VHS copy of this, so <laughs> I think I'm going a, a sturdy two and a half machine guns on this one. Okay, and we, I, I do want to before we get to David Cook. I do want to say we didn't cover that. They do say in a very quick scene, they're like, "Yeah, they don't explain it very well, but like he killed the first version of himself." They're like, "Yeah, we were on a job." And he had to use like self defense, kill a version of himself. And I'm like, what's that scenario where he had to like was forced to kill a version of himself? Who, who are they chasing down there? Who's jumping dimensions? Yeah, I want to know what's going on with that. But anyways, okay, Dave. Okay, um, so I, I will say like, yeah, like I, I, a lot. Of, I'm agreeing with a lot of what Corey said. Like, definitely of its time. One thing I would like to point out is it's Jet Li is a devout Tibetan Buddhist. And this is the only one of his movies he ever gets to showcase that in. Because a lot of, you know, his movies made in China that they're not really fan. They're like, what's Tibet? You know? Right. And uh, 
So yeah, that, that's kind of interesting that this is the one that gets his most religious. But anyway, um, it's kind of like how Batman Forever is peak '90s. This is peak aughts, <laughs> you know. Like this is like of that time. So I'm gonna go two and a half machine guns as well. Okay, uh, I'll go next. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with basically everything you guys have said. This is—it's not a good movie, but I, I had fun watching it, and it's so short. I mean, I wish I could have got a little more from Jet Li. Like, that fight at the end is really good, but everything else is kind of like, eh. And you're right. If it had maybe bumped up the runtime, maybe got another really good action sequence in, it probably could have been a better movie. But I feel like they kind of half-assed a lot of the background and and story and stuff like that. Like, they had a good idea, but then they didn't quite know how to, like, explain it and work through it all. So, but but the short runtime, it it was kind of fun. It was fun to talk about. So I'll, I'll give it two and a half machine guns as well. LBJ? I love this movie. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. This movie's, this movie's garbage. <laughs> uh, your faces, though, were great. Um, oh, man. Yeah, no, this movie is not great. Um, I mean, it's enjoyable as far as, like, if you want to watch something dumb uh, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, there's a couple good fight scenes in it. Uh, some of the CG is actually pretty cool. I will give it that, but overall, you know, it's short. So there's that you can watch it pretty, pretty effortlessly as far as, you know, on a lunch break. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But beyond that, you know, you can skip it. It's okay. No one's going to, no one's going to force you to watch this one. Uh, Yeah. Two and a half is fine. Sure. All right. Two and a half across the board for the one. Yep. I think that's a perfect rating for it. Because, like, yeah. if, it was, if it was any longer and still this bad, it'd be like, ooh. But the fact that it's, like, it's kind of bad, but it's super short, so you can kind of breeze through it. And you're like, all right, I'll forget this movie. Yep. It's just unfortunate now, Joe, we can't have you sing Papa Roach to fade out here. No, it's it's just really unfortunate now that, like, I and now that we know that it's not, the mouse didn't have giant balls and his glance. It's true. I almost feel like my life has been cut into pieces. <laughs> this is my last resort. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, do, uh, do you guys, either of you guys want to plug anything? Ahead. What do you want to plug? Yeah, do you have anything yeah. to plug? I would plug if you want to watch a good Jet Li movie, watch uh, Kiss of the Dragon. Yeah, and if you want to watch a good Jet Li Jason Statham movie, watch The Expendables. Don't watch War, War <laughs> is worse than this. War is terrible. <laughs> I'm gonna piggyback on that a little bit. I'm with Dave uh, on both of those. Oliver, I'm going to add Romeo Must Die. Joe, I told you to add that to your list. It's a better version of this. Uh, it's better than this. And also, if you're going to watch those movies, I think you need a good snack. So when I do that, I reach for combos as opposed to corn nuts. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we can all agree that corn nuts are bad. Corn nuts are They're bad. terrible. It's like, someone, <laughs> it's like someone chewed up some Fritos and then spit them on a plate in little balls to dry out. Um, just... On what Corey said, Romeo Must Die does have the best Jet Li Anthony Anderson fight in cinematic history. <laughs> oh, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> and, it, and it does involve, and it yes, it does involve zip ties. Yes. Wait, wait. So I'm getting my movies confused. So Romeo Must Die is Jet Li and who? Dolores um, is the next big star in that one. Well, then what? What's Cradle to the Grave? That's, that's the, the DMX is in both of them, and so is Anthony Anderson. So, and Tom Arnold, too. 
Yeah. But Jet Li's only in Romeo Must Die. Yeah, in, in Romeo, no, you know he's in both. He's in both. He's in both. Okay, so in yeah, in Jet in Romeo Must Die, he fights Russell Wong, and I think Isaiah Washington, and then I don't know who he fights in uh, Cradle to the Grave. Have you seen either of those, LBJ? No. I have, I have not. I have admittedly not seen many Jet Li movies. I think I've seen oh. this, the Expendables movies, and Lethal Weapon Four, and that's it. Oh yeah, Un- I, you've, Un- seen Un- the, you've seen Kiss of the Dragon. You've seen Kiss of the Dragon. Have I? We saw that together. Did we? Yes, <laughs> yes we saw. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> All right. Uh, sure. Okay. Sure, well, we did. Um, you know we're we are the Last Action Podcast. We come to you every Monday. Um, Are you lecturing us? LBJ, what kind of other things on the GameZilla Media Network can people look forward to? Uh, well, we got uh, the actual GameZilla show, which uh, airs on Tuesdays. You can watch it live on Mondays. Uh, we have may- probably my second favorite show. The other one I'm on, Noobs and Dragons. <laughs> Okay. Where I get to use an awesome, where I get to use my awesome uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme voice every episode. <laughs> it, it got so bad that Sphinx left the show. It was great. <laughs> Ooh, uh, how can you make him do that to this one? I, <laughs> apparently I've done it at this point. Um, and then we've got uh, uh, Legend of Retro on Thursday. So classic video games, which you and I have both been on and yeah. are planning to be on some more at some yeah. point. Yeah, and we just did kind of a, a pseudo crossover episode with that. Yeah, I kind of it was kind of a sneaky crossover. They didn't know it was a crossover, and then it was a crossover. In, in as much as like their part of the crossover came out like a month before ours. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then we've got uh, Noiseland Arcade, which is on hiatus, but it's our Simpsons podcast. You can catch up on old episodes there. Uh, yeah, and I would just add that you know if you enjoy uh, the network and you enjoy what we're doing here, check us out on Patreon. Uh, you know, support us if you can. There's a there's a dollar level, and there's also a, a five dollar level. If you support at five dollars, you get a, a lot of extra bonus content from all the shows. Uh, we have one we do every month. It's called the post credit scene, where we kind of dig into a topic that's not a specific movie. It's maybe a genre or a style. We we kind of dig into a, a, a single topic more or more specifically. But all the shows that uh, LPJ mentioned have their own kind of. Uh, Patreon show that you can get access to for that $5. And we we appreciate any support that you can give us. Yep, absolutely. Uh, well, I appreciate uh, both Dave and Corndog for being on the show this week. Yes. Thank you so much for your time. And this is great. It's always, I was, it was, it was so much fun to talk about this movie with you guys, just because I, I, without seeing it, had talked about it with you so much already. So <laughs> it's weird that this movie comes up in conversation with you guys. I don't even, that's the crazy thing is I don't remember how it came up initially. It just like came up like briefly. And then Dave was like, let me explain, you know, Dave, he's like, let me explain the entire plot. And there's one that's got blonde hair. His name's Fenlaw. Yeah. It was my first day of work. And before <laughs> I started talking about that. Wow. You know? <laughs> so well, there you go. But, no, but thank you both for being on it. It's, it's definitely appreciated. This is a lot well, of fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, that said, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But enough chops. <laughs>